Welcome, Alternative News listeners. This is 91.7 KOOP Community Radio. This is Bringing Light into Darkness, News and Analysis. I'm your host, Pedro Gatos, and we are transmitting from Austin, Texas, for your listening edification. Today is Tuesday, March the 8th, 2022, and we'll be rebroadcasting this show on Monday, March the 14th. 2022 from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Please join us at koop.org. All comments are welcomed and can be sent to Pedro at pgatos00 at gmail.com. That's pgatos00 at gmail.com. Many of the shows are archived at pedrogatos.org. This is our 99th post-COVID show. A new world, but the same place. So stay tuned for a very informed and documented dialogue. Thank you for joining us, and we hope to have a recording of the show up on pedrogatos.org website for your closer scrutiny within the week. Again, thank you for joining us tonight, and thanks for inviting your friends to join us in future shows. So stay tuned. But first, in the battle of ideas, let's get ready to go to war. Welcome. This is Bringing Light into Darkness, Monday News and Analysis with your host, Pedro Gatos. Tonight's show is being recorded on International Women's Day, and it is in tribute to International Women's Day and Month. Co-op has an important celebration event coming up next weekend that the show will be featuring and telling you about. But first, all homage goes to women. International Women's Day, March 8th, is a global day celebrating the social, economic, cultural, and political achievements of women. The day also marks a call to action for accelerating gender parity. Significant activity is witnessed worldwide as groups come together to celebrate women's achievements and rally for women's equality. Marked annually, March 8th is one of the most important days of the year to celebrate women's achievements, raise awareness about women's equality, lobby for accelerated gender parity, fundraise for female-focused charities. Join us March 8th with women-centric programming all week long. Together, we can all break the bias on International Women's Day 2022 and beyond. Whether deliberate or unconscious, bias makes it difficult for women to move ahead. Knowing that bias exists isn't enough. Action is needed to level the playing field. Tag us at koop.org. Strike the pose. International Women's Day 2022. I am KOOP to encourage and further people to commit to breaking the bias. So we will be welcoming the voice of that PSA, PJ Pullis, to help co-host bringing light into darkness tonight as we dedicate this show to international women's. We are very excited to have the very talented Austin, Texas duo of Kristen Davidson and Carolyn Phillips, and they are hardened and tempered. They are a dynamic singing and musician group, as well as established, professional, and intelligent voices in our community that you will discover shortly. We also wanted to invite you, and will be inviting you, to join us, Co-op Radio and Tex Chromosome, on the weekend of the 18th and the 19th, to celebrate 
women's music, nonprofit compassionate work in the community, and just a grateful to get back event that's choreographed and led by Co-op's very own PJ Pullis. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Welcome, Alternative News listeners. This is 91.7 KOOP Hornsby, Austin, the premier community radio station of the nation. This is bringing light into darkness. I'm your host, Pedro Gatos, and we are really blessed to have a powerful show centered on International Women's Day. Today is March the 8th, actually is International Women's Day. This program will be played in its entirety on March the 14th, this coming Monday from 6 to 7. Before introducing our guests, I wanted to make some introductory comments about the state of of women today in a more macro level, if you will. The United States, we have the highest wealth inequality within the G7 nations and one of the highest within the 36 OECD nations, which is the Organization for Economic Developed Nations of the World. And politics aside, the world and the United States can be a very unfair environment when it comes to trying to make ends meet. And in the United States, it's striking that our wealth gap between the richest in the United States and the poorest in families, spanning both Republican and Democratic administrations, I might add, more than doubled from 1989 to 2016. And so I wanted to also indicate there was a really powerful piece by Oxfam Report that was created back in 2020. It's called Time to Care, an Unpaid and Underpaid Care Work and the Global Inequality Crisis. And it was called Even It Up was the name of their report. Oxfam indicated that, among other things that I thought was interesting, was that a country's GDP can go up from one year to the next. And so then we feel like, oh, wow, that's great. The GDP is going up, so everybody's doing much better. But they go on to say, however, the majority population's living conditions can actually decrease despite GDP going up. If the wealth increase it generates goes too disproportionately to the richest economic elite. And recent research back in 2020 piece that we're, we're citing that was published by the World Bank has shown that reducing inequality as opposed to monitoring GDP, has a much bigger effect on reducing extreme poverty than an increase in economic growth. So they identify that inequality is really the major barometer. If you're really interested in impacting in a positive way the welfare of the majority population of the world, and it shows that if countries reduced income inequality by just 1% each year, 100 million fewer people would be living in extreme poverty by 2030. And just a couple of more pieces from this piece, I think it's just so important. In this 2020 Oxfam report, global inequality is identified as just being completely out of control, and it's gotten worse with the pandemic. In 2019, the world's billionaires, there's only 2,153 of them, according to Oxfam, and they had more wealth. These 2,000 people or so had more wealth than 4.6 billion people. And the question is, where does that wealth and wealth inequality come from? I just wanted to indicate, you you can study history and see how slavery helped create the wealth of some of the greatest colonial powers, but we're not in the slave period anymore. And at the bottom, as we speak today or in 2020, at the bottom of the economy, 
It's women and girls, especially that are the disenfranchised. They're putting in 12.5 billion hours every day of care work for free and countless more for poverty wages. Again, this is Oxfam data 2020. And then lastly, when they went to calculate, well, what does this unpaid work for labor for women add up to? It adds up to the value of at least $10.8 trillion annually of unpaid labor, tending to others, cooking, cleaning, fetching water in parts of the world and walking long distances to get that water and firewood or essential daily tasks for the well-being of societies, communities, and the functioning of the economy. And the heavy and unequal responsibility of care work perpetuates gender and economic inequalities. And this is what needs to change, according to Oxfam. Finally, as a last note, they say, if it was not for women, the life expectancy average for the world's poor communities, who, by the way, are disproportionately made up of children, would be considerably less. So on International Women's Day, just wanted to let the world know or whoever's listening that women continue to carry the water, so to speak, when it comes to insulating the most needy of the world from the inequalities that are man-made. But with that being said, I wanted to turn our attention to the focus of tonight's show. We have an International Women's Day event coming up that's being sponsored by Co-op Radio and Tex Chromosome. In order to introduce our very special guest, I wanted to turn it over to PJ Pullis. She's the founder and president of Tex Chromosome. If you're not familiar, she is a promoter on behalf of generating the independence for female artists. Her nonprofit was founded some four years ago, actually to this day almost. It's really focused on giving time and resources to promoting the interests of women and creating scholarships accordingly for deserving women as well. So Penny Joe, thank you so much for all you do for Co-op Radio as well. And let me turn it over to you to introduce our guests. Thank all of you all so much for joining Bringing Light Into Darkness. I just love the name of that show. <laughs> thank you for having me on the show, Pedro. It's always a pleasure to put together events for KOOP at this time of year. Of course, International Women's Day is dear to my heart because of Tex Chromosome and its advocacy for independent female artists. We are having a showcase featuring many Tex Chromosome artists, and there's a group with us here today. They're called Hardened and Tempered, and their names are Kristen Davidson and Carolyn Phillips. Welcome, ladies. It's good to have you back on KOOP. We're Thank happy to you. be back, and especially on International Women's Day. Yes. You girls are some powerhouses all on your own. What you do musically, what you do for your jobs, and what you contribute to the community. And we want to talk about all of that. Pedro, where would you like to start, my friend? Well, first, let me just say that I was listening to your music, Kristen and, and Carolyn, and it's very, very powerful. I, I know that uh, I learned at least that Kristen is, is a lawyer and has been working on behalf of indigent rights. And Carolyn is a nurse that's done some incredible and challenging work around oncology, which of course is dealing with people dealing with cancer. It's done, done a lot of work for the caregivers that surround those types of issues and, and all health 
providing issues and such. And so I just wanted to ask each of you to share how your professional lives affect and interact and reciprocate with your very powerful musical interests. Well, thank you. Uh, This is Kristen. And um, yes, my day job is as an assistant federal public defender. So I am the person who someone who can't afford counsel is appointed to, to represent them in federal court. I'm primarily an appellate attorney, which means all of my clients come to me once they've been convicted and I'm representing their rights on appeal. There's a huge overlap for both of us between how we earn a regular paycheck and how we feel like we contribute kind of from the trenches approach and and how we also draw on on our music. Very symbiotic for us. It's one supports the other. From my perspective, well, Carolyn actually gets the benefit of having a little bit more overlap between her professional work and her creative work. For me, though, on a day-to-day basis, I make my living as a professional writer. Um, And it just so happens that I'm advocating. And that's how I use the written word. Writing songs is my creative outlet, where whereas my legal work, it's hard, it's draining, it, it is emotionally draining and complex. And so what pulls me down a little bit, my musical expression fills me back up. And so it's a balance I am constantly striving to keep because I think that the work that I do on behalf of the indigent is very important and I feel strongly about but um, writing songs and creating music is such a, a passion. And so I, I try and walk a, a very thin line <laughs> between able, being able to do both. Yeah, I think that what both of our professions have done is, is that we've seen a lot of humanity. We've seen a lot of suffering in, in both of our jobs. And, and I think, like, like Kristen said, that the musical outlet it helps us express that. It helps us share the side of the world that not everybody sees, um, which I think helps kind of extend our common humanity to others and what we learn in our work on a day-to-day basis. We can share that and share the gifts and the lessons that we learn in that work as well with others through our music. As Kristen said, I have the benefit where there's a little bit more crossover in my my day job and my creative side now. My career started as an oncology nurse 22 years ago, and it was a profession that I deeply, deeply love. And I found myself at, at about year 14 burned out, and I didn't know how I got there because I loved what I did so much. But I, it was all, it was at that point having a physical and emotional toll on me. And so I started, Kristen and I started working together where I started writing the stories of all of the people I'd cared for that I was still holding on to. And I started writing their stories and writing their stories brought awareness to the amount of people that I was touched by and that I was still carrying with me, but it didn't move the dial for me emotionally. And so that's when we started putting my stories to music. And then I'd sing those stories and I moved through and felt emotions that I hadn't been able to feel in a decade. And and that's when I really realized that that was something that more oncology healthcare professionals needed as a way to help them cope with the emotions that they suppress because we don't know how to, we're not taught how to cope with our emotions in our work. And so 
that's when I then started doing the work with Songs for the Soul, and we co-founded the nonprofit um, Songs for the Soul. Very interesting. If I could, I remember being very impacted by the work of Norman Cousins. He wrote a book on the anatomy of an illness. And in that book, he talks about the power. He, he had some health issues and he was told he would never be able to walk again or something of that nature. But he, he developed a regimen. There were three things. One was a doctor-patient relationship. He said it was really super important. The second thing, he, he started taking intravenous vitamin C. I don't necessarily recommend that for just anybody, but I'm a big vitamin C fan. Yeah. Thirdly, though, he talked about laughter. And, and, and how it rejuvenates the soul. And he would get people to bring him funny stories or funny jokes, and he'd call it jogging in bed, right? <laughs> and, and when you were talking about and reading about your, y'all's work, it seems like music is another avenue of spiritual rehabilitation, so to speak. And you made the distinction, it sounds like, and I just wanted to understand it. Are you saying that writing music and writing is fine, but singing it, it, it does a different thing? Yeah. And, and is, that, is that what you is that what y'all promote with your with the people you impact is to get them to sing as well as to participate? Yeah, I think that there are kind of three different levels of it. So there's the writing the story, which is I do feel like that's the level of bringing awareness. But then when you put your story to music, that musical, the vibrations, that moving in and out, um, that helps bring out the emotion in a way that maybe words alone don't doesn't do and then singing it that there that is when i think that then it brings in it engages the brain in a different way it engages your throat and your lungs where you often hold grief and you can move through um, by singing your story in a different way mm-hmm. and just one more quick question while we're on the subject i'm so interested in brain science and the frontier of unknown potentials and all of that comes with all of the synaptic connections of the 100 billion brain cells or whatever. But you were writing, or I've heard you talk a little bit about the brain changes that go on or or, or what goes on in the brain when you're processing this. Are are you mapping that out? How are you measuring or trying to measure that type of change and potential and stuff? Still something I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> so in my, my day job, I'm now an assistant professor at UT Austin School of Nursing, and I am, am researching this, and I'm working with a cognitive neuroscientist right now, and mm-hmm. we're looking at the difference in the brain when you are reading your story or versus just talking your story versus listening to your story in music or singing your story. And in all of those things, the research shows that specifically when you're talking about grief, you have a hyperactivity in the amygdala, which is where you you feel the emotions, but then you have decreased activity in the frontal cortex where that's kind of the logic side and you make sense of. And or where you have emotion regulation, and 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 the thinking is is that you know, what I have learned from my qualitative research is that participants say that the, it brought an alignment between their affective feeling states and their cognitive states, and so that's what we're wanting to try to understand mm-hmm. if it brings this connectivity between the the different emotion feeling state versus the regulatory state. 
Outstanding. That's very, very powerful. So PJ, would y'all like to share with our audience a song to listen to? I thought uh, Hold the Line, that entire album to me, it's almost like a movie in your brain listening to it. And I find that there's a lot of songs on there that I feel show your strength and show your compassion and, and show your your soul really of how much you care as what you do as human beings. It comes across so intensely. I think the song Hold the Line, uh, can you tell me about that? Uh, sure. And that's, first of all, thank you very much for those kind words. Hold the Line is a really great example of, at least for me, where my my work and my creativity merged. I had been working on the song and thinking, I was writing it in 2019, and I was really just trying to make sense of so much of the conflict we have in our society at that time. And of course, things just kind of exploded more and more as we saw racism rear its ugly head so blatantly throughout 2020. And I just could, I was stuck on the song. I didn't quite know what direction I wanted to take it. And something just didn't quite feel right. Uh, It had started out kind of, um, I was always really intrigued by the fact that the last reunion of the Civil War veterans happened in 1930. I think it was planned in 1935 and then actually took place in 37. And for me, my dad was born in 1936. And to me, that was like the key that unlocked, oh, generationally speaking, we are so close to that history. And, and that I was just sort of moved by the concept of that reunion, especially with so much um, societal, societal discontent. And I was reading about the reunion and reading first person accounts and I don't know, it just kind of hit me really hard that uh, this was also at the height of Jim Crow. And, uh, you know, people of color who are veterans were still very much segregated. And um, kind of what the sick irony of all of that was. And um, I happened to be in New Orleans for work. I had a, when I argue a case, I'm arguing at the at the Fifth Circuit in New Orleans. And I happened to be there and I was arguing a constitutional right violation for my client. And I was pretty stressed about it, to be honest. And I had some extra time. And so I was walking around the quarter and I uh, decided I'd go back to St. Louis number one cemetery. And now they only allow you in with a tour. So I thought, why not? And I remember that Homer Plessy's grave is in St. Louis number one. And it was just a really great time to like pay my respects to the civil rights icon who fought segregation, tried to rely on our legal system to dismantle it, and and it ushered in one of the worst Supreme Court holdings that lasted for decades with Plessy versus Ferguson, which enshrined separate but equal. And it was just such a good reminder of how ahead of his time he was compared to where society uh, and the law were. And really kind of it was an embodiment for me of that long arc of social justice and how much we have to do that work, even if we don't see it resolve in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. And then the song kind of came 
came together for me after that. So, yeah. And I won my case. So that was good. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, friends, we need to take a quick break, a pause for the cause. This is 91.7 KOOP Hornsby, Austin. This is bringing light into darkness. And we will be back with our guests right after this. Don't touch that dial. 